Hey, everybody. This is your host, Brittany. So, promise you guys we're going to do a second part to abuse. You know, my first episode was just about me and a little bit of um, things that were going on with the kids, too. But I have a guest that wants to talk about her, you know, experience with being abused also. Miss Keyshawna Lloyd. Keyshawna, what's up, Gail? Hey, hey. What's going on, y'all? So, backstory. Backstory with Keyshawna. So, I met her at Gentle Touch Smiles for Kids. Hold on. Shout out to Dr. Max and the GTS crew. The ones that were there when I was working there. Um, that's Yeah, we don't know the other one. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the other ones. Um, <laughs> so, that's where I met Keyshawna. And it and the funny thing about it, it was like an instant, I don't know how she feels about it, for, but for me, it was like an instant connection. They know this girl from like a can of paint, right? Never seen her before, ever. And it was just like a spiritual connection. And I was just like, what the fuck? I literally. I was- yeah, it definitely came um, out of the blue, honestly. you like I, like I said before, I thought you'd be the last person in the office that I connect so well right. with. Right. Could be so fluent speaking to about my issues and things like that. You kind of, we kind of like opened up to each right. other. Like it was like, you know? yo, I was trying to beat her at some point. Like, like I was mom, you know. Like I was like, hold on, chick, what are you doing? Let's get this. To- no, no, no. But- <laughs> yeah, she gave me a lot of good pointers though. Yeah, you know, but, but it was just a real good connection, and I am so happy that you know she decided to open up with me. And you guys, my audience, you know, about her experience. Now, you know, I'm pretty much an open book now, but, you know, it's hard to find other people that are ready to open up with their experiences because it's traumatizing. You know, people don't really want to live back. You know, people don't really want to live back in that error of their life. But in order to heal, sometimes you have to like backtrack and think about like what you've been through and how you got through it. Keshana, I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. Really. I didn't talk about it. Like, yes. Some people just hate even just talking about it. And yeah. Sometimes and listen. So. Right. I applaud you because I know it's not easy. You know, um, when I started this whole thing, I, it was just not easy, but um, this is very therapeutic for me. And, um, you know, my listeners out there, thank you very much. Kishana, like I said, you inspire me too, boo. Like, for real, for real. You have thank gone you. through it, and you are doing the damn thing. Y'all, Miss Kishana Lloyd is a whole model, okay? <laughs> she is a thank whole you, model doing you. the damn thing. Shout out to her photographer and all her makeup crew and all them. Y'all are, <laughs> y'all are glamming her up. I'm like, who is this? Who is this chick? <laughs> thank you thank you yes a huge shout out to b-scan photos my boy daryl he is um my photographer he's my stylist he's a friend of a good friend of mine and if it wasn't for him and him telling me that i'm his muse and starting everything like this mpa i wouldn't have been able to come this far so a huge shout out to daryl i can't do that i gotta i gotta figure out how to do the applause I'm gonna do the applause later. With this, <laughs> yeah, it was like a little clapping hands. I put yeah. the little clapping hands. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Let me.
Let's get off of this introduction, you know, because, you know, I'll be talking about some serious shit, but sometimes you just got to laugh at stuff. So keep yeah, on. You I, yeah, you just gotta have fun with it. Not everything gotta be all serious, but this is a serious topic. But you know, you gotta add a little, little fun into it too. You know. Oh, we're I'm all about dark humor. We're definitely gonna have fun. With Lord it. Jesus. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. If y'all hear me cracking up a lot, I am so sorry because she really. I have her rolling consistently. It just doesn't even make sense. I can't do it. But anyway, so I'm pretty much gonna just give Keyshawna the. Fl- Kishana the floor. Um, just kind of let her vent. Vent and talk it out, you know, about the abuse that she was dealing with. So, Kishana, whenever you're ready, Bill, you know, I am here to listen. Okay. Um, well, guess where do I start? Jesus. <laughs> whole, whole life of abuse, but I mean, it, it builds character. God damn it. It builds yeah. character. <laughs> Um, okay, I'll start from, I want to say, mm, I'm going to say childhood, because I, I feel like the root of our adult issues mostly come from a broken childhood, exactly. and we're just in our adult bodies trying to fix it up, trying to clean it up as best as mm-hmm. possible. Some of us run from it. Um, I'm learning that running from it really does not work. Yeah. I'm still working on myself, so, you know, I'll dig into that a little bit, um, well, so, okay, so childhood abusers. So you can have from sexual, mental to physical abuse. Um, when I was younger, I was mentally by my family. And in ways which, honestly, is no one's fault. Mm. Because they can't help what they were taught and what they've been through and what their parents have passed down to them. Mm. So they kind of just pass off what they know and raising you in the best way they can. And along with that comes frustration, you know what I'm saying? A lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. um, and a lot of uneasy feelings and a lot of tension between um, you and whoever you call your parents. Because at, at the time, I wasn't really raised by my mother, mm-hmm. um, RIP, shout out to mom. Um, I was raised more by my grandmother mm-hmm. and uh, I was in a house with her and uncles, of course, you know, typical black family. You hardly see um, the male roles play a big part. Right. So I never met a grandfather. Um, mm-hmm. I, I never met, I never met my real dad. I've only seen a picture of him um, from my grandmother um, before she became a vegetable on Mm -hmm. in the hospital so um bless her soul too so only thing i know is that i looked like him i had reached out to him when i had turned uh 13 Mm -hmm. to let him know that i had gone down to the courthouse to uh see if the guy sean who i'm named after was my biological Mm -hmm. father i just remember walking in the courthouse all one family and then walking in um and my grandma told me we're you know we're just not going to be dealing with them anymore like that and I just didn't know what that meant so right you know being 13 that kind of that kind of hurts it's like what that's my dad like what you're talking about like (laughs) right right it kind of was kind of confusing for me so I got online at the time I had a Facebook 
Um, I got online. I immediately te uh, tried to find him, kept searching, kept searching, kept searching until I found his name and I found the similar face that my uh, grandmother had showed me. And uh, I messaged his wife first. I don't know why I did that, but I was 13, so who knows. I messaged his wife first and let her know, you know, I'm 13 years old. I'm, I was 5'10", I think, or 5'9", at the time. I told her, like, my height. And I look like, you know, Trevanian Norton. That was his name. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, who's that? Like, you know what I mean? That's nice. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, got, it got difficult for me. <laughs> it got difficult because I'm like, whoa, that's a, that's one hell of a name for, for one. But um, so, yeah, so I found him on there. I messaged his wife. I told her, you know, you know, my height and stuff like that, my biography basically about me and um, telling her that, you know, that might be my dad. And, you know, she didn't message back. So a few days later, I messaged him and I saw that she saw it, but she just didn't ever message, mm. message me back. Her name was Tiffany, Tiffany Norton. And um, so once I found his page after finding hers, you know, a few days later, I had messaged him. And I gave him the same laydown. Like, I'm 13 years old. I'm tall just like you. I look just like you. Like, I, I want to just be able to talk to you. Just, you know, just to see what happened while I was in the womb. And the reason that you aren't a part of my life now. And why someone else was for so long. Mm. And granted, the most he could... Um, he reached back out to me. He texted me through Facebook. But... The thing about this is he never texted me until three years later. That's what was wow. so funny to me. Yes, three years later, when I was 18 and I was living in an apartment with a white male whom I was being um, mentally and physically abused by. Um, because, you know, you, you don't have really no feel or idea of love. We're kind of just out here trying to figure it out. Right. And since, you know, I had met the white male at, um, I'm not going to use his name. Because, honestly, I don't even want to dig into that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be messy. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, I met him at 14 and dated him all the way up until 17 and a half. And he didn't become abusive until our last eight months of our relationship. Wow. So, that being said, that, that's just a little overview of what I went through at the apartment. But my main reason for saying that is because... When I did finally get connected with Trevanian, his only words was, well, I don't like the fact that you're living with a boy. And I was just, I was so baffled and confused by that because, for one, you not say anything if you weren't even part of my life. And then on top of that, he said, um, Grant, you do look like me. Um, I got him to text my actual phone. And then... When he texted my actual phone, I was telling him a little bit more about me and about school and my successes and things like that. But he still was just dawning on the fact that I live with a guy. And I just, I was wondering why that was the most important thing to him out of everything I'm saying, being this newfound daughter that I was and stuff like that, mm -hmm. why he didn't have a little bit more to say. Um, he was saying how things were rough with him and my mom. Um, and, you know, she had told him that she, that she was pregnant, but he didn't believe it was his and things like that. So that's where they kind of went left with things. And, I, you know, that's no one's fault. Like, like right. I, I learned now that that's not my fault. I no longer bash or blame myself for not knowing or, or why she made the decisions she made or why he made those decisions. So I can say that. And then um, 
you know, once I did get him to text me, we even had, we, we were about to meet up. And what, the day we were supposed to meet up, he just never contacted me. We were supposed to meet at the McDonald's um, in town, Wilmington, um, on 41st and Market. And at the time, I was living all the way in Newcastle. So I waited mm. and waited and texted him and texted him and waited and waited. And he, he's a truck driver. You know, he told me that he goes state to state. And he was going to be free that day and he could meet me. And he never texted me, never called me, nothing. It was kind of like he went ghost. And, you know, so the, like the emotional part with that, mm-hmm. you know, because you're looking forward to meeting this person, getting in contact, and then they just not show up. It takes, I don't think people really realize how much energy that takes from you or like the emotion, yeah. you know, like it just, like, damn, was I worth it? Yeah, you know? it, it, it made you, it made me feel completely worthless. And then on top of that, him not knowing that I'm telling him, like, through text messages, a story of all my successes, but I'm hiding the fact that this guy is hitting on me. He's, you know, spitting on me. He's, he's beating me up before school. He's, he's telling me I'm cheating on him. I'm hiding all those facts just to make myself look good enough just so I can meet him, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just to make myself look civilized enough to be, you know, in his presence. Because, like, for so long, you kind of feel unwanted because you're like, whoa, like, that wasn't my dad? Okay, well, why didn't my real dad want to be there? Right, so you right. already feel unwanted. So that was kind of just, like, icing on the cake for everything. It's, it, it was very draining. I had went back on the bus that night back home and... Once again, the guy I was dating thought I was out cheating. I told him that I was out trying to find my father, and he th- he took that as a joke, you know, because his dad was a drunk and he had yeah. lost his mother, so he had no real idea of love. We were kind of blind leading the blind for each other, so right. it's just we had two different ways of handling our emotion, um, you know, towards our growth process. Mine was a much more humble way of handling things, and his was more outlash and anger. Right. So, like, when you think about it, like, when you think back, did you, do you think you missed any signs um, that he was about to be abusive or was abusive, or it just kind of, like, came at the spur of the moment? I did. I did. I missed a lot of red flags because, okay, so arguing for me and my family was normal. Like I said, the you, you know, you're, your most mental abusers come from, you know, your childhood and usually come from either your friends or your parents. And that right. is not their fault, nor is it your fault. It's from what they've been through and what they've been taught. So, like I was saying, um, yeah, like, I just, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't really blame anyone, but, but myself just knowing the fact that I had to learn after everything, after everything. Before I blamed him, I hated him, I resented him. And still to this day, I have a struggle with letting that part go in my heart. Right. Um, I have a problem um, talking to, you know, Caucasian males and, you know, being comfortable around them, even though not all of them think the same or things like that. But I do have this kind of inner wall block up for those particular people. And it's, it sucks. It's traumatizing. It really is traumatizing because you want to feel like you can, you know, be open with everyone or, or trust some people like people I don't even know. Like you don't you, like, I'm just going, okay, I'm just going to just categorize. Okay. All Caucasian males cut off. Like you can't right. do that in life. You have to, you know, you meet doctors, you meet, 
you know, you meet lawyers, you meet people out on the outside that are going to eventually look and feel and seem like this person, but they aren't. Right. And you can't always go from what you've been traumatized by. But yes, the red flags I definitely did ignore. One of the red flags being um, his anger. Mm-hmm. I thought that his anger and sarcastic jokes were just to make me laugh. Um, because I have a, a dark humor about me because of, you know, my mental mm-hmm. abuse background from my family. So I was thinking that, you know, that I thought it was funny. You know, I just, I, I, I took it the best way I could. I, 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 I swallowed the pill. Like, I'm just, mm. all right, cool. You know, when he would call me out of my name, I let that go. Um, when he would call me out of my name, it, but just say, oh, you know, I'm joking, I'm joking. I let that go too far. I should have mm. stopped that ahead of time and just stayed away from him. But instead, I kept along with it. And since he was older and he had his own place and, you know, he had his own car. Well, he didn't have his own place until, you know, we got together. When we got together, we paid half for the place. But um, he had his own car at the time, and he was older than me, so I thought that he could teach me things that my family couldn't. And then the guys in my family, once again, are black males. So, mm-hmm. and that's rare to see. All I seen was uncles. You know what I mean? I didn't see a grandfather. I didn't see a father. You know what I'm saying? Right. I didn't see none of those people. So I seen, like, uncles and cousins. And, and uncles and cousins weren't even doing the right thing. You know, in the house, I was, you know, I was in the house with, you know, dope addicts. And, um, you know, my family has a, a long line of drinking issues that um, I later on had to uh, pull myself out of mm. um, once I went through um, the trauma of losing my mom. So, you know, all that kind of plays a part in that. But the red flag thing... Definitely, I ignored some red flags for one, just the name calling. For two, him not having his mother in his life and losing her so early. I think he lost her around age eight. Mm. So really there was no woman type of, or female type of guidance for him. Mm -hmm. And he had no respect or regard for females. Mm. And I thought that he was just being funny or joking around because I'm so young. You know what I mean? I'm I'm vulnerable, I'm gullible. And I'm just trying to figure things out. You know, he was, I was 14 and he was 17. So, so like, did you believe at, at the time it was your fault that you were going through the abuse or did you always blame it on him? Like, did you, at the time, definitely. I didn't start blaming him until after the relationship. Every single time I thought it was me because I'm just, I just think that I'm just one of those people that I just look at myself first and like, okay, well, what can I change? Okay. It's probably me. So I center a lot of things on myself. I do beat myself up a lot, and I'm still trying to fight that part of me and try to realize that it has nothing to do with me. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the way people treat you is just, you know, a way off, you know, their childhood and things that they went through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, him not having a mom, him calling me out my name, um, and then once he started calling me out my name and me not allowing it, you know, I, I tried to, you know, buck up and say things for myself but then things became more disrespectful where he had called me a nigger and I had never yeah several times several times several times and he was saying that you know his friends you know he had black friends in Maryland and how you know it was okay for them to you know for him to say it around them so he was like why do I have a problem with it and I was just like 
what? I was like, they think that's okay? Well, it's not okay with me. And I told him, you know, if you keep doing that, then I'm not going to last with you because I can't handle you calling me something that no one's okay with. Right. So, but apparently, you know, his friends are. And I was like, you're not saying nigga. And even then, nigga is usually usually overused. Right. Um, I don't like both words. Like, I really think that we all just shouldn't just, we should just stay away from that word because, you know, it has, it, Listen, it got to do with our right. generational background, our history, and it just was never positive until we made it this new generation. We made right. it positive. Right. So, <clears throat> and we made it a part of slang. So just, you know, him saying that to me just really was a big red flag for me that I shouldn't have ignored, but I continued to ignore because even though he was, you know, beating me physically, hurting me mentally... I felt like I was still escaping home. I felt like I, I was escaping the other mental wow. abuse that I was getting. Okay. So I just, you know, went from one mental abuse from being mentally abused by, you know, uncles or, or my grandmother at the time, you know, telling me I'm going to grow up to be a drug addict like my mom or telling me I'm going to be a hoe like my mom. You know, it just you know, you go from one abuse and pour yourself into someone and expecting them to be different, but then you never know a person, Mm -hmm. so you fall into another abuse trap. Yeah. So I couldn't, you know, it was kind of like I fell into his hands and I I felt like I was too far in because I lived with him in Newcastle. I felt like I didn't want to backtrack. That's one thing about me. I hate going backwards. I hate going backwards. I feel like I've constantly happened before, even though I'm messing up. Yes, but I'm <laughs> going to keep going forward. Like it could be I'm down the skin and boom, but I'm not going to go backwards. So right. um, I told myself one thing I wasn't going to do is go back to my grandmother's house where she thought so little of me. I said, I'm going to make this work here with him because I'm going to prove her wrong okay. just to prove her wrong. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that's not what it should have been about. It should have been about me treating myself as a, a person. As a queen. You know? as, as a queen. As a queen that you are, sweetheart. Let's put that in yes. place. As a queen, put your crown on. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> um, so I should have known that that wasn't right, but, and I did know it wasn't right. It's just that I put up with it because it was better than feeling like I had to say my grandmother was right and then going back home. So... Okay. I kept, I kept going with it. And, um, you know, once it got physical, uh, I didn't know how to save myself. I remember one day coming home from school at Howard with my tablet and I remember taking a shower after school and him accusing me of being out, um, for too long after school. Cause I'm an after school person. Mm-hmm. I have to stay after school, um, to finish work or I won't get it done at home because okay. I don't know, and I still have this problem with feeling at home in places. I'm just like my mom with that aspect. I can't get comfortable in a home. I feel like I constantly have to move. Really? And, and that's, that's a problem I've, I deal with because I've never had a true home to call home and feel comfy in. Or I've never allowed myself to be because I don't want to be hurt. Mm-hmm. So um, 
you know, being there with him, I'm just like, I'm, you know, the hell with it. I'm going to make, I'm going to like, I thought that I could love him into loving me and you can't do that. You can't. If the person doesn't like you and on top of that resents you even because they're calling you something that is just Great. so absurd, mm-hmm. you just degrading and absurd. Like you just, you, you can't do nothing with that. That's, that's their, that's who they are and you have to move around it. But I didn't know that at the time I had to learn. So once he got physical and I, you know, I started having to go to school with, you know, black eyes and cover up with makeup and my friends were asking me what's wrong with me, but I'm still trying to act normal, fake it till you make it kind of mm-hmm. attitude. Um, it tore me down even more and I began to get depressed and, um, you know, I hung out with awkward crowds at school anyway. So the geeky crowds were always suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> but they grow up to be great people I swear they're very very smart people it's just this world is kind of too much for them but because they think so different um so so yeah once things started becoming physical and my friends started to notice um I had this one best friend Carolina um her name's Carolina Gonzalez I'll give a shout out to her because at the time you know she was a good friend and she did rescue me from that situation Mm -hmm. and I still um, in my heart, think her to this day, even though we aren't friends now. Um, you know, she said to me, she was like, you know, I'm tired of you going through this. I'm tired of him, you know, putting his hands on you. And I'm not going to, like, you got to make a choice. She told me, she said, it's me or him. Mm. And I knew that, I knew that, you know, in my heart, it, you got to go. When you someone makes a choice like that, gives you a choice like that, that means they really love mm-hmm. you. So you got to go with love who really loves you. And I was just laying it out. Like she's never hurt me. She's never called me out of my name. She's never treated me this way. So obviously I need to choose her. And it felt so weird because you think you would choose, you know, who your, your spouse, your boyfriend, you think you would choose mm-hmm. them out of love, but it's not. I had to realize that it wasn't love. I was just his punching bag for whatever he was going through mentally. Um, and she gave me an option one day and she said, you know what, we're going to go, to your house we're gonna you know uh, she called me on the phone she uh no she didn't come get it she actually called me on the phone I was in my living room at the apartment and she had called me she was like I'm about to come get you you know you're getting out of there I said okay I'm packing my clothes I picked up my clothes so quickly you know already like had my bag ready and made and then boom like I, I I'm ready and she comes pulls up I see him he comes in the door and I'm frozen. Like I got my bags in my hand and I don't know what to do. Mm. So I remember that when he had for my one of my birthdays, he had bought me a switchblade and I kept it between my bra. So when he knocked me to the ground, my bags, he said, You're my bitch, you're not going nowhere. And I was like, What are you talking about? I'm leaving you. I'm tired of being abused by you. And I remember grabbing the blade out of my bra, slicing wherever I could, grabbing any bag that I could and just running out to the car. I ran out to the car. I got in um, and I was shaking so bad when I got in the car. She, she started to drive off. He was trying to chase after the car. And um, she, I said, what about the key? What about the key? And she was like, girl, throw that shit out the window. <laughs> <laughs> and I threw the key out the window and I never looked back 
since yeah. till this day. I have not even been on that side of 13. Wow. I was in Castlebrook Apartments at the time. Uh, I have not even been on that side. And he still tried to mentally abuse me up until four years after. He would hit me up from fake page, fake account after fake account. I remember one time he even sent me a picture of his genitals and his new girlfriend and telling me how he moved to Florida and he's doing better. Yes, yes, yes. He was really crazy. He was really, really crazy. I was already into my next relationship two years in. So it was kind of crazy how he was still trying to get in my mind. Mm. That's yeah, that is that is wild. That is really wild. Yeah. So like yeah. because I know some and maybe it's just me, but sometimes like if I have like a traumatic experience, certain movies and stuff kind of like get does that happen to you? Like when you watch certain movies with different oh, things, yeah. does that like send you back into that mode? Yes, the perfect guy. That movie, oh, like shit. the perfect guy. Yes, because <laughs> at the time, like I said, I was fourteen, so global, so fresh, and he was mm. so much older than me. He's taller than me. He's he's not black, you know. Oh my god, he seemed like the perfect mm. guy. Mm, he would open deep. doors at first. He would he would make me feel special every time he, um, you know, would make me feel a little bad. He would buy me a gift. He he bought me and and sentimental gifts too. Not only just regular mm-hmm. gifts, not something like like flowers or things like that. He was buying sentimental things like things that would actually touch my heart, so I could believe it. That was the part that really tripped me mm-hmm. out. Like um, everyone knows, back in high school, I used to dress like a pinup doll. Um, so I loved 50s, 60s vintage mm-hmm. styles and barrel curls and things like that. So he bought me a vintage a vintage doll box. And it had um, 50, 60 different candies in there. So it had, you know, the little bottle candies <laughs> that you bite off the wax and you drink them. Yeah, like all those cute little things. And you was born in the wrong and era, apparently. I really was. <laughs> I have an old soul. <laughs> I really, really was. I've definitely been here before. Look, I was about to say, I think you done been here a couple of times before. <laughs> my mom always told me that though she was like yeah you're definitely like an angel like she was like there's something going on like (laughs) but yeah so you know once I dealt with that and I I had uh I had left him and I had moved into my best friend's house um and at, at the time you know they helped me you know cope with things but I never forgot you know I never healed I kind of just started doing things to cover up you know, what I was feeling. I started partying. I started drinking. Um, and you know, what? I'm only like, what, 16? Mm. 16. I'm, I'm 17. I'm 17 at the time. I'm 17 and a half because I was 17 and a half when I left him. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm drinking stuff like that with her. And, and, you know, I started smoking. And, you know, that's that's not even, you know, people that knew me knew that wasn't even like right. But that was her way of coping with things. And, you know, like I said, again, the blind leading the blind, our friends lead us, you know, our parents lead us, but we all don't know all. So it's either way we have to just do it and figure it out. And we either win or we learn. So it's pretty much like a timeline of shit, you know, that was just pretty much going on. So 
right now, are you? Do you think you're completely healed from everything, or do you think you still have some work to do? Oh, I definitely still have some work to do. I just called a new counselor's office today, honey. <laughs> I, I know I got some work to do. I'm ballistic, like. <laughs> but I have come a long way, and I can say out of just a few abuse situations I did tell you guys about, because it's still a lot more. Right. Like, I've, I've, I've been sexually, I've been um, shot at before, but just the bullet never hit me. I've, I've, I've been through everything a woman can go through um, besides actually, you know, being shot at. Right. So if you can think about that, just really think deeply about what a woman can go mm-hmm. through or what a young lady could go through at an early age. Um, and pe- a lot of people taking advantage of that. I've gone through that. Um, but I just, that's some things I spoke about, uh, some things I didn't. That's probably why that spiritual connection that we have is so strong. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you done, you done been through it too, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. it's crazy. Okay. I see you, honey. I see you. Yeah. I see. But yeah, I still, I still say today, like, I definitely do. Yeah, I definitely, I got some work to do. I definitely, because I, I still have panic attacks and a lot of them are triggered behind, again, my mom's death. But, um, like, I had a panic attack, what, last week? Mm. Dreaming. They said I had a panic attack. I, listen, hey, I don't know what happened. But <laughs> I know I got some, <laughs> I know I got some work to do. I know I got some work to do. I know I'm not completely there, but I can, you know, I still move around like a normal person. I can still get a job like a normal person, but I have noticed over time that this mental issue that I have and I've let drag out for so long is hindering me from jobs, you know, mm. keeping jobs, keeping friends, keeping situations. Nothing is too consistent. Keeping a, like a home, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Things like that. It's nothing is, nothing is, um, is really lasting as long as it should because of my mental, mm. because of those inner blockages that I have. And I might even block some blessings trying, you know, battling with myself yeah. and along with my pride to keep going. Cause I, I can tell you, I do have a lot of pride. Right. Fake it to make it sometimes. I got to make it at least look good. At least. I understand that. At I, least look good. I understand. So, <laughs> Because you can't look how like you feel the on the inside and the outside. Exactly. Exactly. And and my thing about all this that I'm really proud of myself for, I can honestly say, is I still have that, even though I went insane at one point, you know, I've been to mental facility after mental facility, doctor after doctor, counselor after counselor, medicine, from being on medicine to not being on medicine, um, which I'm really proud of. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Give myself a pat on the back. You want me to add the applause for that? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Add the, add the applause for that one. I am no longer on mental medication and I can function on my own. So I am very proud of that. And I don't have to drink myself to sleep or do any drugs to feel good. I think nowadays the most I have is a, a cigar. I smoke black and mild. Okay. So I'm very proud of my cigar. So then hold on. Then you might not have completely healed, but you're healing because you're not yes. doing the same thing that you were doing to get over stuff. You know, you're, you're working, you're doing other things to keep your mind busy, but they're Definitely. positive stuff, you know, 
you're trying yes. to keep positive. So I applaud you for that. Yeah, girl, you better say Thank that. You. You better, Thank don't you. Don't just act like that's, that's a huge <laughs> step forward. That's an accomplishment. Don't be letting that thing slide, honey. Girl, I'll say it for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay i know you will <laughs> thank you thank you yeah i definitely um i can say one thing about myself is just i keep i have that faith of the mustard seed i definitely mm. do i definitely believe there's a higher power out there keeping me going mm. and keeping me alive mm-hmm. because i have had suicide attempt after suicide attempt in the past because of these abusive situations with guys and family members i remember you know what my first suicide attempt when i was 12 Wow. And I, I don't know. I didn't tell nobody about it. I, I just, you know, fell asleep for a while. Woke back up and was like, okay, well, that didn't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, and you just feel dumb after. Like, I was just like, shit. Well, I laugh. Do that. <laughs> I laugh because that happened to me. I took Benadryl, like a whole bottle of Benadryl. And I went to sleep and I woke up, but my eyes and my pupils were huge. Like, yeah, yes. and yellow. Yes, yellow. right. Oh, but I'm like, okay, I'm still here. Okay, okay. Yeah. you know, so it was like a, I felt dumb. Yeah, I felt stupid. I'm not yes. gonna lie. I felt dumb. I was like, let me just stop trying shit. Like, it's real weird. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let me stop being a weirdo and try to handle life. Because <laughs> obviously, God does not want me going right now. I'm And I, at, a lot of times, I fought God. And listen, y'all, I'm gonna just tell you right now, you can't win against the big man <laughs> you ain't gonna win against the big man you better listen you better listen or he's gonna put obstacle after obstacle after oh, obstacle in that. front of you and he's gonna say oh this didn't work oh you didn't learn yet mm. okay let me hit you with another one let me hit you with another one see if this works. oh you still did okay <laughs> you ain't your let's, let's take away that car let's take oh. away that house mm. let's let's um let's you know Let's cause that family destruction. Let's let's cause that friendship to lose. Let's see what mm. happens. Is she gonna wake up? Is she gonna learn? Is she gonna see that there is only mm. me? Oh, you gotta say that. <laughs> I had to wake up. That's all. Oh, I had to wake up. Something else. So I can honestly say that that is what I love so much about myself is I won't let things keep me down for too long anymore. Right. Before it used to take weeks, months to get over emotion and things like that. Now I kind of take, especially after losing my mother, I take things on the chin. Mm. I'm just like, okay, yeah, that happened. There's probably a reason behind that, but I guess I don't know now. Don't have to know now. I know later eventually, or maybe I won't know. Who right. cares? Like I just keep going. Right. I have that faith of a mustard seed. I can keep. I can keep going. I can honestly say that about myself. Right. And I love that that part of me. Yeah, <clears throat> say that. So, like, how did you tell? Or how would you, how am I trying to put this? So other people that are going through abuse, the ones that don't really want to talk about it, like what would be your words, like your inspiration, like your motivation to help them seek help or like, you know, try to get out of it? Like what would be, because you've mm. really been through it. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I can, I've been through it, but I, can, I can't say so much because you've really been through it all. So... I feel yeah. like like your motivation, your especially your testimony will be more of a you know like an effect for people well, that are afraid. You know, like they can't really. Well, I'm gonna say that I can't. I I, I don't have any real advice towards that. I kind of say that you have to get tired. Mm. 
if you're if you're as hard headed as, as I am, you got to get tired on your own mm. to wake up. I, for for me and that the white guy situation at the apartment, it took him to literally hold me down, spit in my face seven times for me to wake up. Mm. Now, see, I would have started swinging, stabbing something. You ain't gonna. Spit. I mean, when he's of um six four and oh, over two hundred pounds, there's nothing you can okay, do, honey. Never mind. There is nothing you can do, mm. and he's a mixed martial arts specialist. Oh well, so. Oh, I tried. I tried to fight him off on my own, but I knew I couldn't fight without God. I had to get out of there. That's when I got tired. When my best friend called me and gave me the ultimatum, it's you or him, and I knew he had just spit in my face seven times and called me a nigger and told, like, like basically told me he he don't give a shit about me. I, I it's time to go. You get you gotta get tired, and sometimes you gotta be beaten to a pulp in order for that mm-hmm. to happen. But. I hope that there aren't prideful people out there and people out there that, yes, you can talk to at least one friend or start by venting inside of your notes. Before I left him, before I told my best friend about anything, I started venting in small situations, like um, letting pain go in small situations, like helping people um, with their small situations. Or, you know, uh, I had notes inside of my phone. Like I have several amount of notes back in my Google file from back to when I was dating him and the stories that I would, the poems I would make about being sad and, you know, just venting in my own little way to myself Mm -hmm. because I I didn't really want to tell anyone because I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to look stupid. And I definitely didn't want my grandmother to be right. Mm -hmm. So, and look, my mom really loved him. Like he was very charming. Like I said, he was the perfect guy. He was charming. He had a nice smile. My mom loved him. You know, she he would make her laugh. You know, she was like, I really like him. I really like him. But she did not know what was happening mm. behind closed doors. So I would honestly say the best thing I can tell a person about that is you've got to get tired. And um, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're as prideful as me and as stubborn as me, sometimes it's going to take for you to just get tired. Yeah, to get out of it. In order to open up or even to open up. Even to open up. Sometimes you got to even get tired just to open up and tell mm-hmm. somebody. It takes that push. Like I said, God's going to keep putting it in front of you. He's going to keep giving you chance after chance. And he's going to send saving boats for you. But if you don't get on that boat and try to sail, you are going to mm. sink. You better say that. Girl, you better say that. Yes. <laughs> you know, have these you clapping thingies all over the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, but you better preach it. Oh goodness! Look, got me up here rolling my hair and whatnot. You better talk that mess. You better talk. It's funny because um, it's good because uh, like, and not too long ago, I got out of abusive relationship. Like, what I want to say, what? Oh, that it's probably been almost a year. Yeah, that That one. one. She know what I'm talking about. That was a struggle. Mm. That was another eye-opening mm. struggle. And that was that was that wasn't even just one abuser. It wasn't even just one man. It was it was a guy in his family. It's too much. It was it was a whole household. I was carrying a whole household on my back. And God was like, Oh, you think you can handle this pressure? Okay. Well, the family members are gonna start abusing you mm. too. Mentally, not even physically, just mentally. A mother is going to come so caring, so sweet. She was so sweet. 
but she was snaking me from the inside. Mm. And it, it can't, and that, that part hurts me the most. And that's something I have still not let go to this day. I can be honest about because they took me from sentimental points. They knew I didn't have a family. Mm-hmm. They knew that my mom was gone. They knew that I never met my dad. I shared things with them about my past abuse. Mm. And hey, they just, they didn't care. They only cared about what they thought was right or what, what was going on in their lives or who knows if they even cared or if they're just doing things based off what they have been through. Right. You know what I mean? You can, you never know when you're going to be someone's, you know, mental punching bag. Right. Right. I like that. So, you know, once I started getting, you know, snake by his mother, I thought, you know, I thought, Oh, you know, she's just saying that because she doesn't want us to be together. You know, so I'm fighting against God, but no, he's given me that boat. Get on it. <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> I did. I'm like, no, this beach is fine. Like, I don't need to go on the boat. Like, <laughs> and it's not. It's not. Out there throwing SOS signs, fireworks, and everything Yeah, else. he's like, Jesus, get on the damn boat. Stupid bastard. Like, get on the boat. <laughs> I just had to wake up. And the same thing with him ending in a similar way. Um, Not even, I, I won't even say a similar way. We ended... Um, just as violently, or if not more violently than me and my uh, Caucasian ex. Mm. So, um, you know, and that was my last straw going through red flags and things like. Now I can pick a red flag from the minute you say hello on Facebook. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that good. I'm that good. Yes. It means change yourself. Yes, I know. From the, I can feel the energy through the phone now, and that's how I know that all this abuse and all these things, me fighting God for so long, is all result to build the character and be the queen that I am Put today. Put your crown on, queen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Can I hear you snapping? Hold on, snap. Yeah, can you hear me snapping? Snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels really good because now I know what I deserve. Like, it, it feels really, really good because not only with, you know, abusive males, or families, it could come from friends too. Yeah. Friends that you know we think are in with us for the long haul, but are secretly envying mm-hmm. us. Just like any other abusive situation, it's usually about jealousy. Mm-hmm. Just because they want to be as bright as mm-hmm. you are, or have what you have, or what you think, or have what, what, you, you have. what they think you have, and you probably don't even have as much. Exactly. You know, you're really out here faking it till you make it, but they think exactly. you got it all together. So they want to steal whatever exactly. bit of joy they can because they don't have their own. They don't know how to create their mm-hmm. own. And y'all know misery loves company. Misery loves company. And I've learned to stop being comfortable with people in their misery just because I want to give them that company. Ah, girl, wait. Can you hear me smack? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like it, it it takes a lot out of you it's very draining yes but i'm telling you that face of a mustard seed that i have that i'm still proud of till today got me to where i am now and i'm in a very good place now i have a very very good person on my side and he has a background of a good family and good mm-hmm. mental background too and some of the red flags i'm gonna just point them out yo if his it, if so far as males, 
because I'm gonna go down the list. I'm gonna go male, no, family, not. friends. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with males, if you know his, I got this advice actually from Miss Alicia. Shout out to Miss Alicia. What's up? Shout out to Miss Alicia. <laughs> Uh, if his brother's in jail, if, um, you know, he doesn't have a father in his life or his mother isn't in his life, you know, the parents, you want to look at the parents first in their background. Um, if they have friends that, that seem to be doing everything that they're not, Mm. that's a huge red flag. Um, the way they talk to you, if they are considerate, consideration is a lot. Consideration forms from respect too. Mm -hmm. So if, if their consideration isn't there for you, then their respect isn't going to be there for you. So that's also the red flag that you got to look for down to the way they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. So the way they walk, the way they dress, the way they hold their head. If they're constantly holding their head down, they haven't learned much yet. Mm-hmm. If their you know, clothes are a bit raggedy, either they're going through something but that still is a red flag just because what you're going through and what they're going through, the way you make it look and the way they're making it look can tell the face between you yeah, two. Okay. So the you're making it look good because that means you still have faith that things mm-hmm. are going to be good. If they're still stuck in the raggedy shoes, they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're still stuck in those raggedy shoes. They're still stuck in those torn up clothes. They're comfortable with looking and feeling like that. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge red flag. The way they groom themselves, if they take a bath every day, that kind of thing. If they're not grooming themselves, they're not taking a bath every day, that means they're mentally ill. They're mentally stressing out. Like they, they, they have some background things that they need to take care mm-hmm. of because they're not taking care of their temple. As a king, if a male is a true king, he is definitely going to take care of his temple first. Mm. That is deep. So those Alicia? are my red flags. Yeah, I got I got those from Miss Alicia. Go ahead. Yeah, because she saw what was inside of me, even though I wasn't saying it. And I was saying, oh, we're fine. We're fine. We made things better. We made things better. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to come to work looking like this anymore. Mm. She knew it wasn't true. She's seen it all before. Right. Okay. And she saw something deep inside of me, and that's why she gave me the advice that she did. And I didn't realize that till, you know, recently. <laughs> now, <laughs> recently, probably with what eight months ago. <laughs> Look, as long as when you I get it. Little... Sometimes we as don't get it right get away, it. but as long as you get it, you start to get yeah. it. You know, bits and pieces of it, then that's all that matters. Because you start. And well, I want to say my uh, red flags about family members. Oh, God, if they're just not there for you, that's just, you know, you know, that's a huge red flag. That's number one in everybody's life, like the abandonment, abandonment, um, if they're not rooting for you, cause, cause some family members will root for you, but it's in fake ways. Mm. Like, um, I don't know, like when you're down on your luck, you can't call them for a thing. But when you're successful, they try to hype you up on Facebook. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. There we go. I hear you loud and clear. That kind of thing. And, and friends do the same thing, honestly. Friends do the same thing. So that's my red flag for families. And also, um, what else is a red flag for families? 
if if something just like this is a general red flag if something doesn't feel right it just isn't right sometimes in your gut you can feel it right i be having gut yes. feelings like for a lot of stuff and i'll be trying to yes. push it off like mm, it's just me being me no no it absolutely is an all for a reason it crossed your mind crossed your vessel crossed your spirit whatever you guys believe in it crossed you for a reason don't stop thinking that pen dropped for no reason Stop thinking that you seeing the color yellow for no reason. Stop thinking you seeing a certain number of repetition or you heard a person's name ghostly for no reason. Mm. There's reason behind every last step of this life and it's God's plan. We can't explain it. We don't know what's happening next, but we know that in the end we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know that's so in the end, he's going to take care of us. But we have to pay attention to all the signs he's mm. giving us. Why did that pen drop at that mm. moment? What is this trying to show me instead of why is this trying why is this happening mm. to me? Just like in the 14 Laws of Growth by John C. Maxwell. That's another thing Dr. Max uh shared with us. So shout out to him shout for out that. To Dr. Max. That taught me a lot. Um but yeah, so just making sure that you pay attention to those red flags with family members too. How often they come around you, how often they check on you. Those are all red mm-hmm. flags. If, if you have a family member that just fakes the funk when they get to the family reunion, that's not real. <laughs> not the family reunion. <laughs> or, 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 or not even at the family reunion. Honestly, a lot of love doesn't even come out to the funeral. Mm. That is a fake family. That is a fake family. Real family is there with you for a lifetime, just like family is supposed to be, and supporting you through a lifetime. Even if it's only a couple months that they check on you, or every now and again that they check on you, but they're checking on right. you. The ones that just space out and never hear, you never hear from them until you're in the hospital or until, until you know, a, a relative dies, that's not true family. Right. Um, and then so far as friendships, Friendships kind of go neck and neck with family, because there are there are family away from family. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was. Yep, that's exactly what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, Cameron. <laughs> 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 you read my Pisces Ooh, mind. Stop it. I know I'm psychic. <laughs> oh, I know. You really psychic. I learned that. She's the real psychic business. here. <laughs> Sorry, I mean it's food. Yeah. Put your crystal ball love, away. Put it up. All my chakras <laughs> up. All your chakras, cards, you know. and whatnot. Let me leave it alone. No. Oh, we can keep the sage though. We gonna keep the sage out. <laughs> I know, right? I do. I, look, I we, stay burning sage, y'all. I stay burning oh, listen, sage. Okay. Definitely. I love my. Sage. Um, I would say a friendship situation where. Red flags is like a friend that kind of like like I said, just like family cheers you on, but only in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, is only seeming caring when bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a, a a wedding or something like that, or a special a party or something that they're supposed to attend, and they yes, don't. honey, because I was just but- about to say that. <laughs> I was just about to say that the ones that that's how you really know who your true yeah, friends are. You be are. inviting them to stuff and they, they always got an excuse to show up, but then you always showing up to their stuff, honey. I done learned that yes. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Huh? And then there's our 
background abusive distant associate. Damn. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because no one no one thinks your associates can be mentally abusive to you, but really they can too. And they're actually background envious people. Mm. It, I, I don't know there was a quote. It said it said, love me or hate me. Either way, it's in my favor because if you hate me, I'm consistently on your mind. If you love me, I'm consistently in your heart. Damn. And I love, 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 snaps to that. I love that quote because it's so mm-hmm. true. The ones that we're usually surrounded by are the ones usually the ones most envious of what we are and what we're mm. doing. You can tell a genuine friend or a genuine associate um, from a mile away because they're going to be, con- like I said, it's going to be that consistency. Mm-hmm. They, they're actually going to grow with you even though they're going through two totally different mm-hmm. things. You have two totally different backgrounds, but you guys somehow, just like me and you, Britt, we correlate. Right. And, and, and even though we left job after job and situation after situation is back, we're only going through things in our, in our head. Look at us. We're still connected. Mm-hmm. Right? So... That's how you can tell who your real friend slash associate slash family mm-hmm. is. Exactly. And like I said in the beginning, y'all, the, the once you it's weird when you find that that spiritual connection with somebody that is unexpected because it was just totally and I can like I said, I could just remember the day it was just like I saw her and I was just like, Okay, what the hell is this? <laughs> Sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I th- and I don't even remember who talked to who first. I, I, it was just like I don't remember either. I think we were laughing about similar situations. Something, something happened, and I don't know. And then I just became the mom of, you know, GTS. Yes, <laughs> Mama Brit, Mama, Mama Brit. Yes, yes, Mama Brit. You give a lot of helpful advice. <laughs> she definitely was Mama Bear, like and it just, to the core. And I just stuck with Keyshawn, and it was just, it was just weird just the way the transaction of energy yeah we started popping up in each other's lives in certain situations right. like what the hell are you doing here right. <laughs> like, like you again wait a minute i mean like hey what's up how's your life how the kids <laughs> yeah and it's always like this it's always that giggly nature mm-hmm. it's always that fresh energy that's how you know a person is you know right good for mm-hmm. you and it belongs in your life yeah that is so true <laughs> so guys i hope you enjoyed this podcast y'all know i, I usually do like five minutes 30 minutes tops but Miss Keyshawn in here. I'm glad she joined me because she has some stuff to say, some <laughs> words of wisdom. Honey, I couldn't even write it all down. I'm going to have to go back <laughs> and listen to this for my own self. Because yeah. that was really that was really inspirational, Keyshana. Um, You might not oh, think it was. Wait, before we end, can it? I add one more sure thing? Not. I have an exercise. I'm sorry. This is a self-esteem oh. thing for all my people that have uh, been, because we talked how to talk to a person about abuse but not how to cope with it on your own oh yes honey share okay so one thing I want to say is about coping on your own I tried this exercise where I literally wrote and I I think I found this exercise on 
I don't I don't know. I think it was social media. Mm-hmm. So I took it upon myself when I was being abused by my my uh, last relationship that I was just in. I found myself, you know, crying in the bathroom. And I prayed on my knees to God for him to change something. And I didn't know why every day I woke up to a worse situation, but he was really trying to push me out of the house. Mm. So um, in order to build up my self-esteem, even to walk out of that house, because I had to do that first. You can't just, you know, just get up and leave. It's not that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, people say it's easy. Oh, that person didn't treat you right. Why? I would have left, girl. Mm-hmm. girl. Girl, no, you wouldn't. Right? <laughs> no, you wouldn't have. Shut up. I'm like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you would have had to get tired too. Right. So, um, so, or you would have had to learn too. It depends on what stage you were in. Mm-hmm. So there's this exercise that I did. Um, basically I kind of just, I used poetry for one. I definitely wrote down my issues that were going on. Um, pros and cons of staying or leaving. Mm. And then my fourth one was my strongest one. And I think that's what gave me the, mustered me up the confidence to get out and that was um I went into the bathroom I wrote all the ugly names that I've ever been called and I still have these videos in my phone Brittany if you want them I can send them to mm, you yes honey <laughs> I wrote all the ugly words that I've ever been called from nigger to too black to too tall to uh too skinny anorexic um all these ugly words I wrote them on me with a marker um, not a sharpie, guys. You want to watch the <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> my ass would be the one to use the damn sharpie. All right. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So I put these ugly words on myself. I looked myself in the mirror. I discussed each word in the camera and how, which situation in life it came from. So which timeline it came from. So the word nigger, um, the word anorexic coming from middle school, people calling me too skinny, too tall from high school. You know what I mean? I put them on my legs, my arms, and just covered myself in these ugly words. And I told myself, I'm going to take a bath. Mm. I got in the shower. And I told myself, when I get out and I look back in that mirror, because as I was telling myself about each word and about each situation, I began to break down even more. Because I was opening myself up. Mm-hmm. But I was the whole time I'm telling I'm in the bathroom and I'm alone. I'm looking in the mirror, I'm looking into this camera. I wrote this ugly word. I explained where it came from. I explained how I overcame it. And I explained if it had if it, and if it didn't even if it didn't over, even if I didn't overcome it yet, I still explained what happened in mm-hmm. that time frame and why it made me feel so low or so unworthy. Mm-hmm. So I got in the bathtub, I took a shower. And when I came out, I came out, I promised myself I would not feel the same way. Mm. Even if you don't feel completely changed, because you can't change just from taking a bath. I get it. But you just know when you walk out of that bathtub, it's going to feel like a breath of fresh Mm. air. You washed all those ugly things away that people have called you that you know you truly aren't. Mm -hmm. So that is a um, a self-esteem building exercise that I encourage a lot of people to do. Yes, I like that. I might have to try that, y'all. Yeah, I gave that advice uh, to my little sister. Oh, one more thing, too, for men. Sorry. I keep thinking <laughs> of extra things. Jesus. Uh, for, for, for men um, and, or women or whoever you're looking for to love you, um, please 
one, love yourself first. And if you don't, don't go look for love. Mm. (laughs) And then for two, be their friend first. Mm -hmm. Be their family first. If you can handle the ins and outs, the pros and cons of being just their friend first or being a part of their family, what you would say is called family, Mm -hmm. then then you know you're ready to love that person because one, you love yourself. Mm-hmm. For two, you know what upsets them or, or what what upsets you and if they can handle it. Because mm-hmm. some people, you know, even though we love ourselves, we still have our background issues that we can't handle. Mm-hmm. And, and will that person be able to handle what you can't? Will they be able to give you that 50-50 and pick up mm-hmm. where you can't? And can you pick up where they can't? It has to be two full cups. So that's why I say love yourself first. And then you can pour into one another. Even if you overflow, you know you got each other's back. Right. I would say, honestly, be that person's friend and and lover and family member first before you try to jump into them just loving you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all that's that's all I gotta say. I think that's all I can think of for this. Yes, Keyshawn, you bet. Go ahead, girl. She she let, <laughs> she let the information out today, guys, and I am very proud of her. Hold on, Mama Bear is coming out. Hold on, let me get it together. <laughs> Keyshawn, I am so proud of you, boo. You don't even understand you. how proud of because that's a lot, you know, and to say it and to let me post it. So, mm-hmm. you know, my listeners are listening, you know, so for you to allow me to talk to you about your trauma you know your trauma the abuse that you went through it really really means a lot to me Keyshawn and like you don't even un- you don't even under- look I'm just not choked up, <laughs> ah, don't choked do up. It. stop oh, it shit, stop it too. girl don't cry we're gonna be on here for the next 10 minutes and you ain't got time <laughs> not at all not at all <laughs> But seriously, Kishana, seriously, seriously, I really, really thank you, baby. And you are such a strong woman, woman, not a girl. You are a strong woman, a queen. Okay. Thank you. You Wear your your crown proudly, boo. You are modeling. You are doing what you got to do, honey. And that's all that matters. Forget the bullshit. (laughs) Forget the bullshit. Keep healing. Keep growing. Keep being beautiful. Stay black. Stay your chocolate skinny yes. tall dark self honey yes. with the long legs like <laughs> blessed honey just blessed just blessed all blessed over beyond need. <laughs> with the beautiful heart you stay exactly thank you. you are Keyshawn because it helped you get this far thank you I really really appreciate that Britt and like I said when you first asked me to be on a podcast it's been it's always been an honor to speak and talk to you about difficult things because it, it helped me that much more. Oh, I'm glad I can help, girl. Because, you know, I'll be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And you've always been like, I don't know what it is. Like, we, we don't even hang out that much, know, right? dog. Like, we don't even text <laughs> each other that I much. I know, right? But I swear, like, like this, is the, this is what I'm saying about true friendships, true associates, true family, mm-hmm. Brittany. That's what you are for me. And I thank you for inviting me to this podcast. No problem, baby. Thank you for coming on here, like I said, and expressing yourself. All right, guys. You're very welcome. That is it for today. Thank you guys for listening so much. Kishana, love you.
Love you. All right, guys. Stay blessed. Peace. Ah. <laughs>